You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We're your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Thank you so much, friend, for tuning into another episode of our show. Make sure that you're subscribed on the platform of choice so you don't miss a single episode that we drop twice a week. Tuesdays and Thursdays are where it's at. All right, so I have a big question for you. Are you multi-passionate? And do you have trouble narrowing down your focus Do you feel like you have a million different interests and loves for business and you just want to do them all, right? Or maybe you're currently not super focused on what you sell or offer and you're wondering why the heck you're not making sales or getting booked as much as you would want. Well, my friend, we're about to chat all things niche marketing in business, why we so strongly believe that you have to pick a niche in your business, how to go about choosing between multiple passions and interests, and so much more. So, Buckle up because we're going to shoot it to you straight in this episode. It's time to get clear and focused on who you serve and what you offer. Let's go. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. friend. Welcome back to today's show. We are so excited to be talking all about niche marketing. If you haven't followed us for very long or listened to this podcast very long, you might be like, oh, they're talking about niche marketing. Well, it's not really a new topic here. We believe in it pretty strongly. (laughs) So you've probably heard us talk about it before in past episodes, but we haven't actually done a full episode on why honing in on one thing in your business is so important. So today Mm -hmm. that's going to be all that. We are firm believers that you will grow faster and further if you focus on one type of business and serving one customer versus being a jack of all trades. So yes, that's going to be today's show. Mm-hmm. We're kind of taking this question and answer uh, route um, just because yeah. we do get a lot of questions on niching and why it's important, how to go about it and all of that. So we're going to just dive on in. So the first question a lot of you ask is, I'm just starting out. Do I have to pick a niche right away? And I, uh, first of all, I just want to say, no, I would recommend you play around, especially if you don't have clarity on the niche that you would want to go into. Um, like when you're first starting out, I, I know for our stories, like when we both started in business, we are in photography specifically, we both experimented around a lot with, uh, like different types. Like I, I didn't know what I wanted to do at the beginning, but I knew just from listening to marketing stuff that I needed to niche down. But I know both me and Evie, we we started with couples and seniors and, and families um, and just like all the all the types of, of photos. Um, and, and no matter what business uh, model you're in, it doesn't have to be photography. It's like, it's the same thing. I If you don't have clarity going into business with what you want to do, then experiment, play around and figure out what lights your creativity on fire and what you do well and what is your favorite part of of the business that you're in. And I think when you play around and allow yourself to experiment, it gives you the freedom to then figure out what is that most, the, the, thing, the thing that lights you up the most. So, because I feel like this is a big question when when we do say like, you have to pick one niche, you have to get laser focused. It's like, people are like, well, I, 
I don't, I'm just starting out. I don't know. And so I think that's, we want to just cover that question first, just because uh, that's a big question that I think gets asked. Yeah, I think it's important to, you know, that experimentation phase is such a natural part of business. It's super, super healthy and super normal and super good to be experimenting, to try new things, to figure out, you know, what you love and who you serve best and all of that. But it's also mm-hmm. important to recognize that while that phase is is healthy and necessary, that trial period and experimentation phase should not last forever. If you're, yeah. you know, if you're still, if you're, ways into business or whatever, and you're still juggling like all sorts of different niches and different, you know, things, that's the point where I'm like, yeah, okay, now you need to start narrowing down. Even if you still love multiple things, which is kind of the next question we'll dive into, it's still important to to hone in on one specific market and one specific person that you're serving and that you're selling to. It'll just skyrocket your business in a way that, you know, juggling all the things will not. So yeah, diving in to the next one. Uh, the next question that Lindsay and I get all the time is why is it even important to pick a niche? Like I'm multi-passionate and I love too many things. Mm-hmm. I think the the reality is in order to attract clients and customers and speak to people, you have to know how to speak directly to them. You can't just be yep. saying, oh, hey, I'm a, I'm a health coach. Well, what kind of health, you know, is it women's health? Is it men's health? Is it fitness, you know, type of health? Is it eating health? Is it, you know, mental. I feel like, yeah, is it mental health? I mean, there's just so many different niches in every single like business or area that you have to be able to speak directly to a person so that when your stuff pops in front of them, you know, whether on social media or online or, you know, they're Google searching something or or Pinterest searching something or whatever, your stuff needs to be able to immediately pop up. Otherwise you're just kind of floating into like the, the dead man's like no man's space. Like, Well, you're speaking, if you're speaking to everybody, you're actually speaking to no one. Um, We've used this analogy on the show before. I think it might've been when we interviewed Tyler. Um, I think he used this example where it was like, if there's a billboard um, and you're driving down the street and it just says something generic, um, that you're probably not going to notice it. But if it's like speaking directly to who you are as a person, like, hey, are you a tired mom? Like, and then it's like positioning the product that they're selling to to solve that problem. You're going to pay attention to it because it caught your attention because it's speaking directly to who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's just like the marketing principle that we wanted to get across of like why niching is important and why, at least at first, it's not good to be a jack of all trades um, aside from the experimentation phase that we just said in the previous question. It's like, okay, you need to figure out what you're doing or what you even like. But um, we wanted to give you some more examples just to kind of show you a a better picture of why this, why this is actually a thing and why we're not just like making it up. Um, (laughs) But the first one, uh, I I know a lot of you are photographers, so I'm going to use a photography example first. And I want you to picture a bride and she's searching for her photographer and she stumbles upon just a, a website for a photographer and there's pages, tabs, portfolios for everything. There's newborns, there's seniors, there's families, there's weddings. Um, I know a lot of photographers, that that's the case. It's like, you you want to do it all because you don't want to get exclus- exclusive. But also I think there's that fear that getting exclusive will mean less clients, um, which isn't the case if you're actually doing it right. Because mm-hmm. again, if you're speaking to everyone, you're speaking to no one. But in this example, like weddings are a part of that photographer's website, sure. But if she's a bride, like she's looking at that site, there's absolutely no way that if you're serving every single one of those clients, newborns, seniors, families, 
brides on their wedding day or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. you can't speak to every single one of those people the same. The way that you would speak and write your website copy to attract high school seniors or even their moms that maybe book you, I don't know if a senior (laughs) books them themselves, but even the way that you would talk to a family, like a mom who's booking a family session versus a couple that's getting ready to get engaged or not get engaged to be wed. Like that's drastically different. They're in completely different seasons of their life. And so this kind of just goes back to like, you have to get laser specific on your Mm -hmm. messaging. And if your messaging is speaking to too many people, it's not going to resonate. Like, so if that bride is going on the website and it's, it's not clear what you do, it's not very uh, pinpointed and concise and speaking directly to her and her pain point, which her pain point is like, I want my wedding to be documented beautifully. And I want someone I'm comfortable with and blah, 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 blah. Then it's not going to hit as well. Like she might book you. Like, it's not going to be like, you're never going to get booked if you do this. It's like, you might, but now imagine if that same bride stumbled upon a boutique wedding website that was like styled exactly to the type of wedding that she's planning. Maybe she's planning like a very big, luxurious, like high-end New York City wedding. And that's exactly what that photographer specializes in. Well, then mm-hmm. boom, like you already are clearly messaging with your with your words and your pictures to her. Or maybe she wants to elope in Yosemite and she stumbles upon like a boutique, um, adventurous elopement wedding photographer. And it's like, oh, that speaks to me. That's exactly who I want. Um, you could use literally any other example. You could like a senior that's coming on to a senior photographer website or like whatever, but you get the point. It's like, you want your messaging to be so clear that when your ideal client stumbles upon your website or yeah, social media, anything like that, you want them to be like, oh my gosh, it's speaking directly to me. That's what they do. That's what they specialize in. Like I'm in, I want her or him. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also important to realize that you can create multiple brands or multiple companies for different niches. Like, you know, we, we have friends in the photography industry to continue with that example, who are, you know, specialized in couples and and weddings. And that's what they, they do. They're super good at it. Their branding, their marketing is all for that. And then they've created a separate brand for, you know, seniors because they love doing seniors. And so they have Mm -hmm. two things. Um, And I think that's just important to recognize is that your brands, you can create multiple brands if you need to. I don't necessarily recommend doing that, starting out having like multiple brands or multiple companies or multiple different business, you know, ideas or whatever. But eventually you can diversify. It just comes down to your brand has to speak to the person that you're serving and you can't serve everyone. So I think that's kind of like the bottom line. Marketing isn't that complicated it's just knowing who you're serving and what problems they're having and how you can make their life better, how you can solve their problems and how you can show up as like, you know, the the helper in their situations and in their lives and get them from where point A to point B where they need to go in their yeah. life. So photographers, listen up. Do you struggle with editing in Lightroom? Are you confused as heck about organizing catalogs, backing up your images, calling takes you actual ages, and editing as a whole just leaves you feeling discouraged and frustrated and maybe bored too? If that is you, consider us Santa on Christmas morning because we have a completely free Lightroom challenge for you that walks you through everything we just mentioned, including a bunch of tricks and hacks that make editing in Lightroom a million times easier and faster. 
The challenge includes five videos, roughly 30 to 50 minutes each, of Evie and I tackling some of the trickiest topics on editing and teaching you exactly how we use Lightroom to edit drool-worthy photos. We cover our favorite tools within Lightroom that will change your editing game, and we teach you how we import, cull, upload, backup, and catalog our photos in a way that is efficient, fast, and reliable. You don't want to miss this challenge, my friend. And if your editing needs a refresh and you just want to know how we edit our photos, this is the place to be. Sign up and join the challenge at theheartuniversity.com forward slash challenge. One more time, that's theheartuniversity.com forward slash challenge. And we can't wait to see you there. Do you feel like every time you send an email to an inquiring client, there's crickets? You're never getting clients to respond back to you and you're just sitting there like, what the heck am I doing wrong? Well, my friend, we're about to solve your problem full free. Did you know that the most important part of the very first email you send an inquiry is your pricing guide? (gasps) Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Yes, and your pricing guide should be an avalanche of professional excellence, details, problem solving, and information for your ideal client. They should walk away from that pricing guide asking, where the heck has this person been in my whole life? Now, if your pricing guide isn't leaving your clients in awe, then you need to change it. Now, we are about to help you do just that with our free guide, Seven Essentials to Include in Your Pricing Guide. If you are ready to level up and prove your value to your clients, you need this. Head to theheartuniversity.com forward slash guide dash freebie to snag it theheartuniversity.com forward slash guide dash freebie. I want to add one more example that, because I I could imagine someone's listening to this and they're like, okay, but what about like this example? And the example I'm thinking of is if anybody knows Kaylee from Kansas, she's an incredible photographer. She's shot me in Eloise. She is just literally goals. She's goals. Um, (laughs) And she's an example of somebody that I see that's crushing it, but she, she does do like editorial stuff. She does weddings, she does families. But I think in that scenario, the reason that she's able to do that is because what's niche about her is her style. Her style Mm -hmm. is very, very specific and it's very honed in. And I think, I'm not sure if she started with all of those things. She might have, but I I think she probably started with one thing and then kind of grew from there. Um, So I do want to say like, if you're like, oh, but this person doesn't do what your guys are saying. It's like, well, pay attention to why. People book her for her style that's very unique and incredible. Mm-hmm. And like, it's it's boutique in and of itself because of her style. Her style mm-hmm. is what niches her apart from everybody else. And so um, she's niching just in a different way. It's like, oh, but she's still having like a bunch of th- different things. So yeah. I wanted to throw that example in there just because it's like, it is true that like, you can be successful not niching down in the way that we're talking about, but... You, in my opinion, you have to be really good. <laughs> Maybe that's, like, well, I think, I think, yes. I think you also, like, I, I would put money on, not that I wouldn't, but I would almost guarantee that Kaylee started out with a niche and then yeah. she slowly started expanding a little bit more as her business was really booming and successful and growing. And, you know, it's one of those as things. she even got better too. Yeah. So I think it's one of those things where you have to be careful. I think, we see a lot of newer photographers doing trying to do everything. And yeah. that's where it's like, okay, no. Like if you've been in it for years and you're really, really good and you have a niche style and you have, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. Maybe that's you, can you can experiment yeah. with like expanding. Yeah. Yeah. But mm. again, you know, there are always exceptions to, to rules for the most part, but we're just giving you the, the base rule of niche marketing. So let's go on to our third and final question, which is how do I choose 
my niche? So this like that's <laughs> such a big question because everyone, big <laughs> I, I can also hear you listening to this podcast and being like, okay, Lindsay, Evie, I get it. Like, I, I, I know that I need to niche, but like, I love too many things. I just yeah. I genuinely love too many things and I literally can't pick. Don't make me think. Well, yeah. this is for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's dive into this one. I think the first and foremost thing is to really pay attention to what clients and what work really sets your soul on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might be a few things at first and, and that's okay. Like we were saying, you know, just, just pay attention to the things that you really love and not just the things that you're doing because it's going to make you money or because you feel like you have to do it. You know, not everyone is going to love weddings. I know a lot of photographers who are like, I cannot imagine shooting weddings. And I'm the person who's like, I can't imagine shooting, you know, newborns or, or, or families. Get a newborn away from me in the photography. (laughs) Like give me a newborn in life. Yes. But in front of my camera, like literally when Eloise was born, I, I literally was like, I can't, I literally, how do I do it? Yeah. I mean, I will say I love shooting families and newborns for like, like Lindsay, you and like your family and like doing the like at home newborn shoot with like, or like my sister, like there's certain moments where I I enjoy it. But if that, I couldn't do that as a photographer. I loved my couples and my weddings. That's just what got me so excited to create. Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, pay attention to that. Again, that's a photography example, but Pay attention to what really gets you excited and not just what you think you should be doing or what you feel you need to do just for the money. And then I would ask yourself these questions. These can really help you focus and narrow in on your niche and what you should be doing. Uh, Number one, who can I serve best? Number two, who is really needing what I have to offer? And number three, what gets me so excited I can't sleep? And that might be a little bit extreme, but <laughs> you get the point. You know, where does your passion actually lie? I want to. Well, I can throw in uh, before you get to your example. I can yeah. I can throw in um, even my experience when I first started my business. Like I said at the beginning of the show, like I experimented with all different sorts of photography because I knew I wanted to get into photography. I started that, and I was doing seniors, families and couples. That's kind of the three. I didn't do newborns because again, I knew that from fact. I was like, no. um, but I, I remember like doing all of those things and kind of going in my head naturally, like the questions that Evie just said, it's like, what clients did I show up for? Like excited because I was loving the crap out of what I was doing. Like I loved photography in general and I loved shooting everything but it was like, what made me the most excited? What did I keep like looking on Pinterest for inspiration? And like, it it's like when you're doing mediocre work because you're not doing what you love, you're not serving your clients the best in, that you can, right? Yeah. Like it's so, so that like for me, I, I realized that I would go to a family session and I would be like a little bit like dragging my feet. Like, oh, this feels like, feels like a job. Mm-hmm. Whereas I would go to a couple session and I'd be like, yes, I love it. <laughs> and so uh, I think that's just, those questions are really good. I just wanted to throw that personal example in before you got to your big example. Okay, go. Yeah. So I did like come up with just kind of a, like a mental example, walking you through like a a, a fake, let's, let's have a, a health coach who we will call Jane for the case of this example. And we're going to walk Jane through these questions. So number one, who can I serve best? So let's let's look at Jane and her life. And let's say she went through 
postpartum depression with her first child. And she knew that she had to take action on her next time around. Like the next pregnancy, she knew, I do not want to go through postpartum depression again. And I want to to solve this. You know, I know there has to be answers to this. This can't be normal. So she dove deep into like, research and studies and science and consulting with professionals and experts and and came to the realization that, you know, let's say postpartum depression is often triggered by a hormone imbalance and hormones can often be regulated by, you know, food, movement, supplements, you know, all of that. I do want to clarify that I am not a health coach. I am not an expert. This is a made-up example. This is a made-up example and saying like, let's say this is Jane's story and this is true health advice. Um, You're telling this like so good though that I'm like, wow, like... Is it like almost like you're telling a story that a friend went through? No, this is just a totally, (laughs) totally fake example. But I mean, I've heard, you know, snippets from friends about like postpartum depression. So I'm just pulling from vague memories. So I could be totally wrong on all of this. Please don't quote me. But let's say that, you know, Jane has really like gone deep into studies and science behind holistically regulating our, you know, postpartum depression and, and our bodies to handle like pregnancy or, or, you know, postpartum in a really healthy way. So the person that Jane can really serve best is mom's going through postpartum. Like that's mm-hmm. her, that's her niche. That's where her passion lies. It's not just, you know, holistic health. It, it's not just health coaching. It's holistic health coaching. And then diving even deeper, it's holistic health coaching for moms going through postpartum. Like that's a niche for her. Mm-hmm. And then question number two who is really needing what I have to offer? I mean, that's just a clear answer. Like moms, <laughs> women going through postpartum who are feeling alone, depressed, ashamed of what they're experiencing. Like, you know, oh, having a baby should be the most exciting thing, but I don't even want to get out of bed right now. Like, I don't care. I'm, I, you know, I hate life right now and I feel horrible that I hate life right now. You know, that that person is is really needing what Jane has discovered over the past four years. And she's noticed that, you know, postpartum depression isn't something talked about too often, especially from like a balanced holistic perspective. And she's found that there's a gap in the industry and she recognizes the need that she can fill. And then the final question is what gets me so excited I can't sleep? Like, if you could see Jane light up when she talks about postpartum health and, you know, when her female friends have been going through pregnancy and postpartum, they've come to Jane to learn what she's learned and helping them, you know, experience the healthy hormones and the recovering body uh, through a holistic, you know, measures like that's hands down Jane's biggest passion. And so based on all of those answers, Jane shouldn't just be coaching on women's health. She should be coaching on holistic or natural women's postpartum health. And that's like a very specific niche. And it takes all three boxes for our, for our good old Jane. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, that might be like a funny example, especially since neither one of Lindsay or I are, are like postpartum or women's health experts in any way. <laughs> but you get the point. Like, Jane shouldn't just be focused on health or even women's health. She is a very specific area where she has skills, where there's a need, and where her passions align. Mm, That's so good. Well, and I like what you just said at the end where it's like you want to focus on positioning yourself in business in those three areas where it's like where your skills align with where there's a need in the market and what you're super passionate about. Um, Yeah. I, I love that because I think that's really how you find your niche and really hone in on what you do best, what you're best at, what you love and what actually, because you could have two of those where you're like, you're just super passionate about something and maybe you're good at something. But if there's not a need in the market for what you're offering, then like 
if, the, if there's not a proven concept of like mm-hmm. that your idea or what you want to do is sellable or marketable or, you know, like th- that it exists in the world and that people would be interested in it, then you need to reevaluate like what yeah. you have to offer. But I think with that, like just experiment, like, you know, if you're yeah. not sure if there's a need in the market or whatever, like try it out, test things out. You know, if you, if you have multiple niches that you're kind of juggling right now, you know, try all of them out and pay attention to who you're actually serving the best and who you're serving more, most frequently, like where the biggest need is and what, you know, you're super passionate about and, and where all of those line up. And then you'll just figure it out as you go. You don't have to immediately dive in and be like, this is my niche. I know it. Like you can have that experimentation phase, like we were saying earlier. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, that kind of wraps up this episode on niche marketing. Uh, It's a question that like, I think a lot of people talk about and just struggle with. So I hope that this was helpful. I hope we gave you some just inspiration for whether you're needing to niche down or you already have and you're like, oh, yes, I got this. This is just further confirmation that I'm in the space and the direction that I need to be in um, just to have a healthy business that I love that I'm passionate about and that is actually being successful. So Hope that was helpful. Uh, if you love this episode, make sure to screenshot it and share it on your stories. Tag me and Evie. We love just seeing what episodes you guys love the most. It helps us pick different topics for the future and just future episodes. So we love you guys so much. You can follow us at Mrs. Lindsay Roman for me, at Evie Rupp for Evie, and at The Heart University for our podcast and education company, Instagram. Um, and if you want to have input and just questions answered on the show or just topics that you want to see on the show, make sure to come join our Facebook group. The link is in the show notes. It's just where we pull everybody. It's a good party. It's a good just place to communicate and fellowship with fellowship. That's weird. Um, <laughs> with other it's a good community. community of people. <laughs> it's a good, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. It's a good community of people. <laughs> All right, guys, we love you. We can't wait to see you implement these tools and we will see you on the next show. Bye.